Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here and joining me, as you would expect, it is Matthew Day Gillett. Greetings. Greetings. How are you this week, man? Ticking along quite nicely. Uh, had a uh, busy old weekend riding some beta trials bikes uh, yesterday. That looked like good fun. Yeah, man. Oh, crazy talent from um, young Dylan Bull, NZ number one. Uh, he was jumping, he was, he was basically riding not only the beta trials bike but the beta x trainer so a, essentially a um you know a it's like a hybrid isn't it it's sort of it's an entry it is but it's a, it's an enduro shape right yeah um so essentially an enduro bike and he was he was riding it up an eight foot uh retaining wall oh, okay so how did how did you go did you have a go no 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 <laughs> never never i was standing on the same level as he was starting on and he was going up a retaining wall that was vertical, eight foot high, and getting up on top of it. Um, you know, skipping over boulders six foot high like they were nothing. It was ridiculous. Um, more info, though, on all of that coming in a future episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. What have you been up to in the past week there, Matt? Ooh-wee, what have I been up to in the last week? That's all gone by in a bit of a flash. The old missus went back to uh, work, so it sort of nose back to the grindstone with the little fella. I have been uh, planning... Um, a few things though because um, sadly it's only a couple of weeks left um, until I have to put my registration on hold. That's come around quite quickly. Done a few things, done a fair bit of writing, a few phone calls, had to turn down my first motorcycle launch because um, it happened to be basically the exact same week, week that baby number two is due. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, could have had another trip to Thailand up my sleeve but um, timing didn't work. <laughs> oh, pass it on. I'll go. I'll put in a good word for you, but um, yeah, <laughs> don't hold your breath. I think think Ben might get the call up for this one instead, and maybe. Um, but um, no, it's been a pretty full on week. It's been absolutely bloody scorching hot here in Cambridge, though. How about down your way? Oh, it's been it's been rather toasty, rather um, rather humid and huggy. Hey, there's been a, a lot of motorcycle events happen in the past weekend. Um, there was an event down in Belclutha that I hear uh, Brad Groombridge was at, and he hasn't texted me back yet, so I haven't, I'm yet to hear about that one. Dusty Butt Adventure Ride was on over the weekend. Some stunning photos come out from Brent Cotton and a few other uh, participants. Um, hope to catch up with Brent Cotton in the next few weeks and find out all about that as well. Oh, that looked absolutely epic, didn't it? It did, yes. No, I'd, I'd be keen on that ride next year. It's still on my uh, must-do rides. I, I was actually planning to hopefully do it this year, but the plans never really came aligned. I wanted to do the suspension up on the rally and have it sort of outfitted for a bit of uh, more long-distance stuff, but... Um <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> Other events that happened, the 2020 North Island uh, Cross Country Champs were held in Huntley on Saturday. Um, results from that, starting with the smaller bikes, well done to Jacob Brown taking out the two-stroke overclass. The two-stroke underclass, Richard Sutton on the Yamaha YZ125, followed very closely by our very own Liam Cawley, number 444 on the Beta RR200. So, uh, well done, Liam. Unfortunately, second place but um, that'll just make him hungrier for a win uh, moving forward. 
Paul Webley uh, from Palmerston North on the Yamaha YZ450 FX took out the four-stroke over category. The four-stroke under category, Andrew Charleston on the Husqvarna FC250. Uh, and well done to Philip Goodright from Hamilton on the Husqvarna FX350 taking out the veteran class. And and wrapping off the weekend, there was uh, a few Britons amongst other bikes uh, having a thrash around Pukekohe uh, for the Classic Fest, which I, I saw on Instagram. That looked pretty, uh, pretty, that looked like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, one day I'll actually go to that, take the kids and make a day of it because like, all those classic bikes are just parked up in the pits and the paddock and everything. You can just walk right up to them and spin a yarn with people and find out all about these things because some of these things are quite rare like you say the Britons were there there's only 10 of those in the world um, and yeah it just looks awesome and I bet it sounds good because there'd be a few two strokes in the mix as well other things that happened over the weekend Farm Jam 2020 kicked into gear down in Winton uh, and and it was just a, a massive weekend for, for motorsport and um, cruises and events in general it was uh, great to see pretty much everybody was out doing something uh, and I saw a couple of photos from the, the very few people on my Instagram feed that weren't out doing riding, that weren't out riding, were doing maintenance. Mm, yeah, actually, I got, um, that is something I did to my bike over the week. Um, I finally managed to get myself some chain cleaner, and I gave my chain a thoroughly good clean, and I even got in amongst the swing arm, um, because the swing arm just seems to collect crap on my bike. Um, so I know I've said I've cleaned it in the past, but I really got in there this time. It was just a nice 10 minute job. It gave me uh, something to do when the little fellow was asleep that wasn't too noisy. And man, it's satisfying to have a clean swing arm. It was last week we talked about cleaning chains and I got a comment. We got a comment on last week's episode. Now, when you are listening to these episodes, feel free to leave comments on whatever listening device and whatever app you're listening to the, to the app that on whatever listening device and whatever app you're listening to the episode on, you can just leave a comment and that'll come through to us. We got a comment uh, saying uh, it was amusing listening to us talk about cleaning chains. This particular listener hasn't had to uh, clean a chain in a very long time. Uh, belts and shaft drives are the way of the future. <laughs> I don't, I'm not too sure about belt drives because, um, yeah, a belt drive on my bike doing gravel roads and stuff it just sounds like... Um, yeah, a bad, bad mojo, but yeah, I can see the whole sh- appeal of a shaft drive because it's basically maintenance three. Yeah, I've never ridden anything other than a chain drive, so I can't comment on that. Oh, oh no, get on a shafty, man. They're, they're good value. We'll get on a shafty, and while we're at it, we'll get on to the news. Triumph Motorcycles has a deal on the table and it's finally going forward with Bahaj Motorcycles in India, Bahaj Auto, and basically this partnership will see the two companies bring together their respective springs and large and small capacity motorcycles to collaborate to design, engineer and manufacture a range of mid-capacity motorcycles. Uh, What do they mean by mid-capacity? Bikes between 200 and 750 cc's that will have Triumph style, Triumph badging, not necessarily the very large 
Triumph price tag that we've come to expect from a premium manufacturer like Triumph. Um, this isn't anything new. Other companies that do it are BMW and KTM who utilise the subcontinent to manufacture entry-level versions of their hero bikes. Uh, so think the Duke, uh, the GS. Um, so the Baja, Bahaj, Bahaj, Baja collaboration could see um, a small capacity entry-level version of some of our favourite Triumph badges. So I'm really crossing my fingers for like a 650 Bonneville to go up against those uh, Royal Enfield interceptors and continental GTs because how cool would that be? Bahaj gets out of it um, a pretty sweet deal so they'll not only be like the point uh, where everything in the subcontinent happens uh, they also get to be the company that is the one that distributes everything Triumph in India and Asia um, so they will take over uh, Triumph's Indian distribution activities at a date which is yet to be confirmed um, as well as they will have more input in the whole Asian region to help Triumph build their brand which is really cool um, so Triumph CEO Nick Bloor. Uh, this is an important partnership for Triumph and I'm delighted that it has now formally commenced. As well as taking our brand into crucial new territories, the products that will come out of this partnership will also help attract a younger but still discerning customer audience and it is a step in our ambitions to expand globally, particularly in the fast-growing markets of Southeast Asia but also driving growth into our more t- mature territories like Europe. So that basically sounds like they're going to fill that gap in the Triumph lineup where there's only one entry level bike if you're coming in fresh as a daisy into motorcycling and that is the street triple 660 lambs 15 grand's worth of bike which is like it's a very premium very nice bike but it also it's a very sporty modern bike it doesn't fill that well it doesn't scratch that itch for the triumph bonneville family so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens um in the coming months coming out of uh, india with triumph and bahaj meanwhile and in other news let me tell you something jimmy that's my Ducati. It's a Ducati. Remember your old Ducati? It was a Ducati. Ducati's Scrambler range is growing with a couple of new pro-badged models. Starting from the end of March, uh, when global availability starts, they are adding two new models called the Scrambler 1100 Pro and the Scrambler 1100 Sport Pro, uh, with the two new models obviously joining the 1100C Scrambler um, models at the top of the overall Scrambler pile. Both of these new pro models are, of course, powered by Ducati's 1079cc L-Twin. Not a V-Twin, it's an L-Twin if it's a Ducati because it's shaped like an L. Visually, they're set apart um, with two-tone paint. Uh, One of the paint schemes is called Ocean Drive, uh, which sounds very breezy, Um, and combined with steel trellis frame and aluminium subframe, both in black, aluminium covers are also black. Also included in the design is a new dual exit tailpipe uh, with a low-slung plate holder, which I think it looks cool. Um, Another hallmark is uh, the factory framed headlight, Um, so taking inspiration from the protective adhesive tape uh, used back in the 70s when people were scrambling around, there is a black metal X which has been incorporated inside the headlight uh, that makes the bike instantly identifiable as one of these new 1100 Pro models even with the lights off Um, so setting the two bikes apart uh, the Sport Pro in Ducati's words is the beefiest version of the Scrambler family don't know what they mean by beefy it it just looks like a nice Scrambler but it's got all new styling details of the Pro but also comes equipped with Olin suspension low slung handlebars and Cafe Racer style rear view mirrors Uh, 
on top of that it also has a matte black color scheme which has complementing side panels is incorporating the 1100 logo obviously there's a lot of electronics being Italian motorcycles equipped with DTC Ducati traction control as well as cornering ABS so there's a few good nannies there plus there is three standard riding modes active journey and city because that's how how you ride a Ducati I guess specific New Zealand market availability is yet to be announced but Ducati says the overall Scrambler 1100 Pro and Sport Pro will start becoming available globally from the end of March so uh, yeah another thing to look forward to in March and a final news story is that the great South Island Choc Eclair hunt and fundraiser is underway Uh, Brett Lindsay has taken his trike with trailer all the way down to the South Island Uh, he's made the first leg he's made it as far as Dunedin uh, stopping off I think he went down the west coast and through central Otago joined into a rally in central Otago in Dunedin today in a nice damp day by the looks of things he's tried about 11 chocolate eclairs so far he's rating them as he goes and the whole idea of this uh, great South Island choc eclair hunt and fundraiser is to raise funds for a charity based out of Dunedin that does some great work with mental health now if you haven't heard about it I'd love for you to go to our Facebook page. Uh, just search Kiwi Rider Podcast on Facebook and uh, go to the Give a Little page for Brett, the great South Island Chococlear Hunt and Fundraiser, and give him five bucks. We can all afford five bucks. Five bucks is less than the gas you put in your tank probably last week. It's less than the cup of coffee you have on uh, your Friday morning. So give him five bucks. He's, he's trying to raise $10,000 for a brilliant charity. I'm also going to share all his uh, photos from his road trip. What he's doing is, uh, from here, making his way down to Invercargill for the Burt Road Challenge, uh, and then he'll be making his way leisurely back up the South Island, trying a few more chocolate eclairs, and we'll be catching up with Brett when he makes his way back to Wellington uh, to find out how much he raised, where the best chocolate eclair is. If you could help us out by helping him get to his $10,000 goal, that would be absolutely outstanding. As I said, all details on the Facebook page, just search Kiwi Rider Podcast. Uh, And that pretty much rounds up the news. So this weekend, uh, the BMW Motorrad International GS Trophy sets off into our beautiful country. Um, And so with that in mind, I made a quick call to Germany to talk to BMW's Head of Communications, uh, Tim Dieltiele, to find out why in the world would BMW ship 140 bespoke bikes and staff to the ends of the earth to have a little bike rally. Uh, So here's my chat with uh, Tim now. Hey, Matt, hi. I'm, I'm doing fine. I hope you do. You're pretty much in time, man. To begin with, um, what was the original inspiration for BMW Motorrad to start the International GS Trophy? You know, the GS is um, what I was born 40 years ago, and the GS is, is more or less the fundament nowadays, and, and since four decades for, this, for the success of BMW Motorrad. I think um, to celebrate the GS uh, like we do it on the GS Trophy is maybe the best um, way to, to bring the GS together with all the customers worldwide riding these bikes so the intention was really to celebrate the the famous spirit of the gs together with our fans and customers riding these bikes so where did the um idea for the whole competition side of it come was that sort of to make it a bit different from your typical gs rally that a lot of the owners clubs hold yeah i mean without competition i think an an event like this um i think an event like they need a little bit of competition because i think gs riders 
themselves. They like they, they like a little bit the competition. They like to to go off road. They like to challenge themselves. And looking at uh, at the customer types, I think it's it's it makes so much sense to to yeah to to go into this competition. But one thing is clear: the Vestov is it's far away from being a race. It's about fun. It's about it's about community. About being together. And for sure, it's about thrilling and um, challenging moments. So this is the seventh edition of the GS Trophy. How did it come to be that New Zealand was selected? Because we're not exactly easy to get to, especially from Germany with 140 <laughs> bespoke motorcycles. This is a good question. If you, if you look at the, um, at the location we have been in the last years, I think all of them have been super spectacular in every term, in terms of routes, in terms of, of, of scenic landscapes, in terms of challenging roads. And um, after being in so many continents and so many interesting um, 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 countries, the decision was was done to go to New Zealand because this is maybe one of the most exciting um, countries worldwide in terms of landscape. Look at all, uh, looking at all these climate zones um, changes, the mountains, the sea, the snow. The, 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 uh, you have everything in this country, <laughs> and I think it's a, it's a it's a dream destination for riders on and off road. And um, therefore, the decision was. Um, um, taken to New Zealand as for sure one of the most exotic and um, and um, and um, uh, yeah, a, a super country I think to ride. Oh. And I think all our guests and drivers are super excited, including the internal team, um, to to come to visit this country. Is there anything you're yeah, yeah, able to say about the route? Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, not. The routes are still secret because we do not want to be followed or something like this. So therefore, the routes are, are absolutely um, secret uh-huh. and um, and will be. Well, will it be communicated for sure during and after the like for every GS trophy when, 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 whenever our GS trophy events are done we offer later um, in, 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 our, in our so-called follow the trails event format um, to our customers to to drive exactly on the same path um, like the GS trophy was oh. so you can you can apply online to the follow the follow the trail follow the trails even in the last you can you can even do it for Mongolia or for Thailand and for all the other GS trophies we have done so far and this is our customers love it because um, many of these follow the trails events are um, fully booked oh wow I bet is there going to be a video crew following this year um, to film everything because I know you filmed Mongolia yeah, yeah, and a yeah, few yeah, others yeah. We can, you, you can imagine we are doing this event not only for the people being on location but for the many many people being out there the last year's trophy I think we, um, we had more than 6 million followers being, being together with us on all these social media channels and wow. for all these guys out there, we need these these spectacular video and photo material that everybody has an, 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 at least an idea what's what's going what, what's going on there without being there by themselves personally. Oh wow! So previous years you have used the um, the R series GS. What was the reasoning for using the new F850 GS this year instead of the new R1250? Yeah, we, we just we just came back to the GS trophies we have done in the, in the years before, where even the middle class. GS bikes um, have been um, the heroes of the of the event, and for sure the F850 GS is um, is um, as good to 
to uh, let me say to uh, to handle these off-road um, challenges like the boxer and GS because GS itself stands for um, yeah this this kind of off-road adventure. And what's going to happen to those bikes? Because I believe you've made 140 unique um, special edition F850s specifically <laughs> yeah. for this. What happens to those after the um, trophies finish? Oh, honestly, I do not exactly know, um, but I think that some of them are, st- are staying in the country. Oh, um, cool. where, um, where where these bikes can be can be can be get in can, can get into sales. Yeah, our importer. But honestly, I do not exactly know what's going to happen with all these bikes because oh. it, it, indeed you are right. It's, it's about 140 bikes, and this, this is really um, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I oh. think some of them stays in stays in the country. Oh, that'll be very cool. Hopefully, I get to see one up close. Also, <laughs> um, BMW supported um, a women's team in previous years and this year. Um, is there any notion in the company to expand that to a say a more a youth team of riders or something along those lines? I, I, I think. I think we start. We started four years ago uh, with having the first um, um, GS Trophy female team, just to make just to make this to get this message set out there. Hey guys out there, there are not only boys being able to ride GS. Very tough and very competitive. We have great, great female riders out there, and. Um, then, then we had uh, two years later two female teams, and um, for sure we want to have even more in the future because, yeah, again, there are so many great, so many great female riders out there, and with this female teams, we want to really make get the message out. Um, female riders, just 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 try to apply, be with us, and maybe in the future we have even teams uh, mixed with male and female riders. My last question: Will the GS Trophy ever return to the same country in the future? So you've done unique. Um, trophies so far you've done Mongolia Patagonia and now you're doing New Zealand etc will in the future will the trophy ever come back or is this a one-off this is a very good question <laughs> <laughs> but um, for sure we will, we will find even for the next year's trophy an outstanding place but um, let's in the moment concentrate on New Zealand and um, let's celebrate this event and uh, we will for sure um, at a very good timing later inform um, all, all our fans and customers and journalists and partners where the next GS Trophy will take place. Lovely. But in the moment, we just are concentrating on the GS Trophy in New Zealand. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was in the, um, I was taking part in the GS um, Trophy in, in Thailand, and I can really tell you, this is a really, a, this is really a tough event. <laughs> Very well trained physically and and and, and um, so, um, 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 on a particular um, um, level, just to just to be, yeah, you must be super fit in all in all aspects. Yes, because some of the challenges. They're man-made challenges, aren't there? You're not just riding the bike through an adventure terrain. You also have to partake in challenges to win the event, don't you? Exactly, exactly. It's not, it's not, about, it's not only about, about being a, a, a tough and strong rider. It's even about being a smart person. Thank you again <laughs> so much, Tim. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. <laughs> BMW. BMW. Driving a BMW. You want a BMW? You're all about your BMWs. Real nice guy that, and um, yeah, I can't believe that they still they won't tell us anything about the route. So if we want to do the route, if we want to have a go at some of these roads at the you said route, yeah, route. <laughs> um, so if we want to have a go at uh, any of these 
trails at the International GS Trophies taken, uh, we have to do the uh, Follow the Trails Tour, which BMW hosts in each of these countries that they've done a uh, GS Trophy in, um, to find out where they're gone, because they obviously don't want people snooping around and uh, getting in the way, which is fair enough, I think. Mm. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but no, that's going to be absolutely epic, and we're going to be doing our best to follow along, posting to the Facebook page, all the updates, because, yeah, we didn't get an invite to come follow along, which would have been nice, but hey. <laughs> Time for Barely Legal. And this is a feature, it's, uh, what's the third edition of this feature, where we uh, bring to you some, some random road rules and road laws and things you can and can't do from around the world that may just make you think, is that legal? In the Philippines, you can't run more than 80 kilometres per hour. Uh, there are checkpoints everywhere, apparently. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when it says run, you know, ride, you can't go more than 80 kilometres an hour as opposed to run, because running 80 kilometres an hour would be hard work. Oh, heck yeah. I don't even think Usain Bolt can do that. In Belgium, uh, some areas in Brussels, you'll get a ticket, an 80, a 58 euro ticket, for leaving your engine running while at a stop sign or a red light. So they're the reason why cars have those stupid... Uh, automatic stop things. Have you ever driven one of those modern cars? Like, you'll be sitting at it, pull up to a stop, and then all of a sudden the engine turns off. You're like, oh, all right then. I think, yeah, I have driven one, and I didn't mind it, but I, you've got to know that it does that. Like, the, the car that I drove uh, was a really fancy, new-ish model um, Audi, and it stopped. It did that at the red lights, and I went, uh-oh, what's <laughs> happened? Have I broken it? Why, why is it stopped? And then I took my foot off the brake, and it started up again. I went, ah. Oh. Like, I'm sure it does wonders in heavy traffic for um, the environment and stuff, but, man, it's a pain in the ass if you're stuck on Auckland's southern motorway. <laughs> I'm thinking back to when I used to work at Driven Magazine. See, I've still got my head in um, in the, the 90s when it comes to cars, you know. Uh, technology without a, a very sophisticated computer system so it's not that smart I'm thinking like it's really easy in my 98 Subaru Legacy to run the battery flat um, if you're starting the car up all the time is it going to run the battery flat? My wife's got a 2012 Holden Cruise and that does it leaves the headlights on like you turn the car off you get out and you lock the door and the headlights stay on for another 5 minutes it's like that's a great feature but how long is the battery going to last? Mm, doesn't sound great you know, it does a funny little thing. Hey, sorry to talk about cars for a minute. Every time you start the car, uh, it starts with the volume at like five. Oh, that would be nice. An audible level would be 10. And, and you know, you're always turning the radio up. So every time you start the car, the the volume's way down. Oh, see, I wish my car with its aftermarket uh, stereo would do that. But um, somehow I think my small helper who likes to play in my car goes in and he cranks the volume up. So I'll turn the car on and it's blasting at 50. Your indicators are going and the window wipers are going and, and the rear dimensions mist is turned on the air conditioning's turned on it's all on hot hey our final entry for barely legal uh, from this person says we don't even have traffic laws here well we do but they're not enforced you can do whatever the if you want whenever the if you want even in front of the cops and that's in Iraq <laughs> yeah I think you got bigger problems in Iraq than um, speeding tickets though just saying hey um, time for another feature to come back and this one is our community notices this is where we take a wee look at some of the more interesting for sale posts on social media and this one is from Passmasters Rider Training New Zealand 
They say, the time has come to part with another of our trusty fleet. The 2006 Yamaha Scorpio. Yes, it's got a few dents and scrapes. Yes, it's been ridden. Yes, it's been dropped a few times and not by the previous owner. Uh, Rego till March. Woff will be fresh when sold. Thousand bucks. Uh, K's and scratches will increase slightly until sold. So this is one of um, Passmaster's kind of, they, they use it for training, right? Yeah, they, it's um, a basic handling skill bike yeah much better than the gn250 i uh, did my bhs on um because you can't dismount it and knock the tail light off uh, they're a really solid little bike from what i understand those little scorpios back before the lambs days when you're stuck to 250 or below they were very sought after because they didn't look as as retro and as cruiser as the gn series bikes from from suzuki they looked quite racy yeah i've seen it um if you look on instagram and type in something like uh, yamaha scorpio or custom Scorpio like over in I think it's Malaysia and the Philippines and that like there's a whole custom scene built around them it's really really cool I contemplated buying this myself but then I realised that I'm in debt and I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on another bike that I really don't need (laughs) I actually I tagged my little brother in it because he keeps making noises about learning to ride and while I have offered him the keys to Rosie um, I know how he treats vehicles so I was like here here you go thousand bucks get into riding sorted so if you're into a thousand dollar Scorpio, uh, get in touch with Past Masters Rider Training NZ. Uh, this bike particularly has well, twenty eight thousand eight hundred k's on the clock ish. It actually looks quite tidy. That's barely broken in. Right. Well, one more thing left to do for this episode, Matt. It is the dad joke. And uh, do you want me to give you one, or have you got one? Oh, well, let me just check. I think I had one that I may have taken a f- screenshot of. Oh, here we go. I've got one. I don't know if I've told this to you. My wife is nervous about having to talk to strangers on a cruise we're about to take. I said, don't worry. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> Love it. Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Oh, really? That... hit that share button and share this podcast (laughs) with a writing buddy of yours that would be absolutely outstanding we'd love you for it check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine kiwirider.co.nz for pictures and a whole lot more of everything we've talked about Uh, also Matt your website please on throttle.co.nz what's the latest story up there at the moment yeah latest stuff up there which uh, kindly enough uh, the guys over at Moto Gear shared to their Facebook page a couple of motorcycling guides uh, going on uh, written with my younger brother in mind um, buying your first motorcycle and uh, getting started into adventure riding so if uh, either of those topics took you to the fancy uh, head along to onthrottle.co.nz and uh, give them a click just like that well I've been Ray I've been Matt keep the rubber side down throttle on and we will catch you in seven days time 